Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we're continuing our talk about training motivation and the health hierarchy of needs. If you've never heard of this before, you're going to want to stick around because we are going to reveal the five steps to optimal health that you really need to know. Like Vasquez said in Aliens, let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, we got Rich behind the mix. Rad is at the table with me, Yanni Bormeister, and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us, plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal programs and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, you get 30 days free, a free month if you use the link in the description. Get yourself in there. Now, before we get started, big warm welcome. If you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group, leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember, anyone can join and interact. Just search for UMS Movement Mastermind on Facebook. Lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and obviously subscribe if you like what you see. I'm joined, as I said, by the Dream Team, Rad and Richie. How are you, boys? Great. I am great. Feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Feeling, feeling good. good. And, uh, you know, great, great topic today. Great topic of conversation. It's, um, it's something that we, you know, the, the health hierarchy of needs that we spoke about yesterday that we introduced, th- this is not something that we created. It's something that we discovered, you know. We, uh, I, I don't think we created this any more than people created science, you know. They discovered <laughs> science. And uh, well, science, we, science is a method of validation. It's not. Yeah, that's right. It's you know, misunderstood. But, okay, well, okay. G- gravity then, right? Nobody created gravity, right? People yeah. discovered gravity. Yeah. And uh, we discovered. That's a better, much, much better. Oh, see, yeah. look how good I am with the metaphors. So <laughs> we, we discovered the health hierarchy by Yanni, Richard, and I having a conversation uh, sometime last year. I think it was. I think it was last year, wasn't it? And we were basically talking the about last, years. last year's a blur, like yeah, last year's. Yeah. Well, within the last up, it was two the years year before that, I think. And, but we were talking about you know why is it that the three of us, um, you know, it started with physique, with talking about why can the three of us maintain a healthy physique and an optimal physique for what most people look for in the gym year round without really having to think about it. Like we were we were trying to scratch our heads. We were saying like it's not genetics because we've got plenty of people in our family who are really overweight and who really struggle with weight. So it's not genetics. Richard's and that the goes same. for all three of us. Yeah, yeah. Rich, Richard is the is the anomaly in his family. Um, you know, he is healthy and fit and the rest of his family members, you know, are not don't have the level of health and fitness that he had. So we, we, we ruled that out. It's not genetics. And what we, what, after a really in-depth conversation, what we uncovered is that there was this, this hierarchy of needs when it comes to having a good physique and having, um, you know, the abilities that we have, that that we had just ticked off naturally, and that is motivation. First, we were very motivated. We we knew why we did this. Daily habit of movement. Well, we do that. You know, we all train daily. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to motivate ourselves for that. It just happens. And our nutrition was dialed in. We we know when we ha- if we have a blowout on the weekend, we know instinctively that for the next week or two, we need to clean things up or we're going to put on a little bit of weight because we've done enough courses with, you know, um, people about metabolism, about, you know, metabolic research that we understand this stuff. 
And then when we when we discovered these these commonalities between each other, we thought, you know what? Everyone else that we've interviewed and that we know in the industry that has achieved the, this level of, you know, physique that or, or ability that other people want has has done this stuff too. Yeah, I think it's their movement. You know, the, we we judge people on their movement mastery, and that doesn't matter whether they are a professional bodybuilder like Ben Pakowski, who we've had here on the podcast a couple of times, a good friend of ours. Uh, he has certainly mastered movement, you know, and I was uh, incredibly impressed when we did some training uh, here and, and to see his flexibility. I couldn't you know, believe it. For a big guy. I you could know? not believe it. when Because uh, he, he goes, when you said, oh, he's going to come and do a workout with you and... And I was like, what do you want to do today, man? And he goes, whatever you're doing. Whatever. And I said, all right, well, I'll take you through some of the stretches and stuff that we do, thinking that I was going to be showing them something yeah. that they couldn't do. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was looking at him going, what? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've trained with him. I've trained, uh, you know, um, uh, in the gym doing lifting with him. And he's methodical about his movement. So he's certainly mastered movement. Uh, and... Uh, you know, not in a calisthenics sense or something like that, but as a as a bodybuilder, and he's now retired from bodybuilding and doing amazing things. But um, as a bodybuilder, he was methodical about movement. And then you you know, friends um, like Sebastian Oreb, who's certainly mastered movement um, in his sport with powerlifting. You know, he is incredible at what he does, methodical at what he does. Uh, and a lot of other people that we've had here, you know, meeting. Um, uh, fitness FAQs, Daniel Vadnall, he's a certainly mastered movement. M Miguel Santana, mastered hand balancing, you know, all these people, um, whether it's Ido Portal, you know, and uh, we we compare ourselves to these um, sort of caliber of, of people. And yeah, it's very true. You know, they've all got everything right. Uh, and that is that they, they know why they train. They, they haven't, they've discovered their burning desire and their intrinsic motivation. And it goes far beyond just being lean or just being muscular or just being flexible or just being able to do this or just being able to do that, you know? Uh, and it, it, then they have um, done it in such a degree and to such a degree with consistency and frequency that turn, not turning up to train is abnormal. Mm. You, feel, you don't feel right if you don't get some movement in, if you don't get your practice in, you know, you don't feel like your day is complete. There's something missing. So it goes far beyond just having a habit of going to the gym and exercising. It is abnormal not to exercise. And then it would be completely abnormal to eat shit food. You just feel horrible. You've, you've tuned your body to such a degree that you instantly know when you've eaten an unhealthy meal because you feel like crap. You know, and we say this all the time Like we have little um, uh, every once in a while we have like a burger Friday or something like that. And, and we try and find the most healthy version of a hamburger because and we certainly experiment and push the envelope. But we always whinge about it afterwards. Oh, I feel like crap, you know, I got a burger hangover or whatever else. And, you know, it, it, when you get to a point where you've you've learned to nourish your body and you've done it for long enough and it becomes normal mainstay habit then you instantly know when you divert from that. And then as a result of those three things, you maintain a healthy body composition all year round and it's no longer difficult. You can pinch your skin with your thumb and forefinger and know if you're putting on weight and need to dial back the calories, whether you do that through less processed food, less food in total or less booze, you know. And you actually... Can, you know, you manage your social life in such a way that you don't drink 
all the time because you know that it affects you and you feel that effect instantly and you don't like that effect. It feels abnormal to you, unlike waking up every morning with a hangover and that's the norm, mm. you know. And then from there, you're, you're, you're managing a really healthy, efficient, uh, functional physique that allows you to pretty much ma master whatever sport, whatever movement practice you want to master because you've got all these things in place. And uh, it's not by accident that people that we aspire to that become these influencers that we look up to on social media are there. It's not by accident. You know, they, they've done these things and, 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 you know, sometimes subconsciously, you know, usually by trial and error, decades of trial and error and blood, sweat and tears. And the unfortunate thing is that people who are not in the know look at those people on social media and go, that's how I want to be. That's how I want to move. That's how I want to look. And then they try and reverse engineer that. Mm. They try and start at the top by doing that cool movement that they saw on Instagram, a handstand or a routine or a muscle up, you know, or they start by trying to look chiseled like that photo shoot, you know, abs and this and that. And they go through this intense diet and training regime to bust out all of the calories, burn them off and, and, and shred up in minimal time possible, you know. They don't, and then they scratch their head six months or a year down the track when they've yo-yoed or hurt themselves or done something to their body that's really, really stifled their ability to move forward. They scratch their heads and go, why isn't it working for me? Mm. You know, and the, the answer is simple because you have fucked up the order of operations. Mm. You've tried to reverse engineer the body mm. and you, it never works. It yep. never, ever works. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely not in our experience. I, um, you know, if you want to talk about, so the, the health hierarchy of needs, the way that we define it is that it starts with motivation. You have to be very clear on what it is that you're doing so that you can get out of bed on those days where you don't feel like you want to. It's pretty simple. Second one is daily habit of movement. You have to be doing things daily and that has to be on just autopilot so you don't have to think about it. Third is getting nutrition dialed in, get all of that right. The fourth step will be ticked off naturally, which is the physique, you know, to be in a healthy body composition, have a good amount of lean muscle on you that you can use your body. And then the fifth step, which is what we all really like to be working towards is movement mastery. And that could be in anything. You could just be focusing on wanting to dial in the, the last one or 2% of weightlifting movements to get really good at it. You know, for me, it's calisthenics and acrobatics, movement style training, whatever it is for you. But I remember we had a, there was a, you know, um, one of the things that shaped so much, one of the, for me, one of the big events that, that led to one of the final iterations of the UMS and the way that we teach it in the gym, um, which was the removal of handstands from the, from the basic curriculum of the program. Because anybody that's been with us on the UMS online coaching program right from the start, you'll remember that handstands were a part of the workouts of every day because it's what I like to do. And, you know, the programs, it's what we all like to do. So we were writing the programs in the way that we like to train. And it was the same at the gym. Handstands were a part of the gym training. Um, but what what happened was there was a group of our members who were some of our most committed members. They used to come every day, five days a week and train at 5.30 a.m. and they all wanted to learn how to handstand. So I told them what they needed to do in order to be able to do handstands. And it was, you know, 
20 to 30 minutes of work a day on top of what the regular workouts were. And, I, and they, they even, one of them even had a key and I used to come in every morning to start the classes and they were already here training. They'd been here for half an hour or whatever. And they did that for the better part of a year to my memory. I'm pretty sure it was close to a year. It was definitely more than six months. So you would think that that's enough time to be able to do handstands, wouldn't you? You would think if you were training for 20 to 30 minutes a day on handstands plus your one hour a day of strength and flexibility training that you know six to 12 months you'd be able to do a handstand i certainly did when i started doing handstands five years ago or so i certainly thought a year of this i'll be nailing a handstand and they started to really want to go forward with it and one of the things that we were teaching and that we still do teach as a prerequisite for ever trying a freestanding handstand is a good cartwheel and a good cartwheel is there to be able to bail out of a handstand, really. And a couple of the, the people that were doing this, they, they were just nowhere near being able to do a good cartwheel and they were getting really frustrated. And it, and it was a funny experience for me because for the three of us in this room, when somebody shows me to do something like a cartwheel <clears throat> that I can't do, if I practice it for about 20 minutes or so, I can do it better than most people. And there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is these three steps that we've talked about with the health hierarchy have been dialed in for decades for me, not for a year, not for two years. It's been decades that this stuff's been dialed in. So my my capability with movement is higher than the average person, so is yours, so is Richard's. But the people that were in this group, they didn't have that same vocabulary. They didn't have that same baseline. They hadn't dialed in the health hierarchy the way that we had. So when it came to the point where they were starting to go, come on, when are we going to start doing some freestanding handstands? And I did the first lesson with them where I taught them how to kick up and hold themselves. One of the partners did not hold the other one properly. And mind you, these people had been learning how to do cartwheels for, for six to 12 months. And when it came time to actually use that because they, they needed to bail out now, this one person made the biggest mess of a bailout of a, of a handstand that I've ever seen. And there was basically no attempt to save themselves. And they went up to the handstand and as they went over, they did nothing to save themselves. And they hit the deck so hard that it, even the, the, the member was only in their late 20s to early 30s. So if, if, if it was somebody that was in their 40s or 50s, it would have been really disastrous. But they couldn't walk properly for about two months after that. And that was the moment that when we spoke about it and we said we're taking the handstands out of the program. The handstands are something that you can learn and we'll teach you, but you do it on your own. And the moral to the story is... Who is that? I won't say any names okay. on the show, but I'll... I can't I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you afterwards um, about it. But uh, it, it, really, it really blew my mind as to th this concept of reverse engineering, this concept of focusing on the, the movement mastery well before you got the earlier. And in this case, what the problem was, the problem was a lack of raw strength and basic movement terminology, just basic stuff. Like in all honesty, I know for some people when I say this, we always ruffle feathers when we say this, but a, hand, a cartwheel is a really basic movement. It is not a hard movement to do. If you've you know, gotten comfortable in your body, if you're somebody that's never done movement before and you've decided in your, even in your 20s, even if you were an inactive teenager, if you were somebody that was just playing video games as a teenager and in your 20s you decided to try and move, a cartwheel is going to be pretty hard for you. But if you're somebody that had the upbringing that we had where we were physical right through our lives, it, it, it's not that hard. And I took it for granted that these people would be able to do this. And 
man, was I wrong, you know? Yeah, well, I saw lots of competent people trying to throw themselves up into a handstand position and just failing to, like, do simple things like lock the elbows out yeah. and just fall straight on their head, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. it, I've, I've been in heaps of classes where I've seen that sort of happening, you know? And But, it, it, it like, it just goes, like, to take it back to really the, the message that we want to make clear here is that if you don't get the order of operations right, if you don't get the health hierarchy right, things just don't come together. Right. And the, the only reason why anyone will succeed not prioritizing this is because they did it subconsciously. Yeah. They don't realize. They bang their head against a wall long enough, the wall eventually gives way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. well, that's if what you survive it. We, we, yeah. we, I, I didn't get this right for a long, long time. Yeah. And when I was younger, I was the person that was practicing the movement well before I was ready to do it. But I was really young and, bec and, I, and I fluked it and got through it with a lot of injuries. We both did. But uh, I, I fluked it and got through it because of my age and because I basically at least had decent movement terminology. And what I mean by that is that for my whole life, I'd done some form of movement, some type of training, so I could move my body well. Mm. You know, well, the thing is that when you, when you, before the age of 20, about 27, your body is still evolving. It's still mm. developing. So there's enough growth hormone and all these hormones that are like supercharging the reproduction of cells in your body that you get away with a lot more. You get away with injuries that now, if you did them, would be a real long-term problem that you'd have mm. to work oh. around for a long period of time. Uh, you get away with that stuff because they it just sort of heals and you don't really largely things can go unnoticed you mm -hmm. kind of go oh yeah well that was a painful experience but I've forgotten about it now you know whereas when you're in your 40s and you start trying to unlock new things if you if you stuff up the order of operations it can really be quite catastrophic you know and and it's enough to put people off yep. people hurt themselves and then they think oh man that's it i can't i'm that, that i'm just not genetically capable of doing that no that's bullshit mm. you fucked up your load management mm. and you you messed up the order of operations and you tried to do something your body just simply wasn't capable of you yeah. know and if you talk about the health hierarchy the way that we've laid it out motivation then daily movement then nutrition then physique then movement mastery if you even remove movement mastery because my story was about movement mastery but if you talk about what much more people are striving for which is physique you know we we all know that the health and fitness industry um is largely filled with punters that are wanting to get into a better body shape they're wanting to lose fat mostly and then maybe wanting to build some muscle and people people say they want to tone their body but that's a made-up word it's um you, you either it's want to lose fat elimination or build, of body fat yeah. and increase of muscle mass yeah, yeah and people call that toning but so you know, if that's what your goal is, then th th that's again something that people really mess up by. They come in and all they focus on is the physique. They don't focus on the steps that will create that physique without them thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, it, you, you really need to, 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 to be listening to this stuff if you're somebody that's tried and failed. If you've tried and failed with your health and fitness goals, it's most likely because of this. Yeah. Well, most, here's the thing. I was thinking about this today even, you know, and I had my shirt off when I was finishing my workout and I'm leaner than I've been in a long time now because I'm doing a lot of cardio. Uh, and I feel like I have a long way to go. I look at my physique and go, geez, I'm still carrying a fair bit of fat. And what, it, what dawned on me is really... No matter how lean you get, no matter how much fat you burn, you, you still want to be skinnier. You still want to be leaner. No matter how muscular you get, you still want to be more muscular. It just it just 
like fuels this notion. No, no matter how wealthy you get, you still want more money. You know, like th these things are really, really, they're good at getting you initially through the door, but they're not very good long term because it becomes a never ending sort of story. And, and you never seem to be satisfied with the way you look, the way you feel, the way you perform or how much you know money you've got in the bank, if that's what your goals are. What you need to do is find another way of motivating yourself. And that's where this burning desire, the why comes into play. Like if you're not really crystal clear on why it's important to you, then at some point the goal is going to not work for you anymore, you know. And th this is a great time of year to be talking about this because the reality is, is that y y a lot of people right now, right now are falling off the wagon, right now are hitting a wall where, the mm -hmm. where we spoke about yesterday, the honeymoon phase of your New Year's resolution goals have fizzled out. And you're at the point now coming into March where it starts to get a lot harder to motivate yourself, especially if you didn't drill down on why those goals you set in January are so important to you. And it, it, this is where it's so important. If you haven't done this exercise, I really challenge everyone to figure out what is going to motivate them for the entire year, not just for a month or two, because anyone can be motivated for a month or two. Anyone can save money for a month or two, you know. You do, you, you have to figure out a way of motivating yourself for a year or two or, or, or 10, if we're totally honest, you know, mm -hmm. and to do that, you got to drill down on why it's important to you. Yep. And then once you've got your burning desire, then you remind yourself of that every single day, whether you write it up on the wall, whether you write it on a card that stays in your wallet, whether you read it in an affirmation every day, whether you meditate on it, you know, whether you create a vision board, you've got to remind yourself of why that's so damn important. And then from there, you've got to get busy working on, you know, the habits that you're creating. And uh, and the I'm being being distracted because you got a bit of fluff hanging from your beard. It's uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyone who's watching on the live stream, they may have caught that too. Uh, you, you then you've got to start building a habit that's going to be healthy and long term sustainable. You know, and I heard I heard Will having a conversation. Our manager at the gym, uh, someone inquiring, and they had powerlifting goals, very specific powerlifting goals. You know, and. And I've got, uh, you know, I've got um, absolutely no problem with powerlifting. I think it's a great sport because it's anyone can play. It's easy to practice. You know, you can join a gym and you can get uh, you practice your bench press, your squat, your deadlift. Uh, and it's great to set goals like to go and compete in a competition because it's going to really motivate you to challenge yourself and push forward. But it ain't the most healthy long term exercise practice because it's very, very um, uh, one-sided, one-dimensional, you know, yep. you will get strong, you know, you will get strong. Will you achieve your true potential in strength? I argue not because I think uh, true strength cannot be achieved in the absence of mobility and vice versa. True flexibility cannot be achieved in the absence of strength. I think that you need balance there to to really be able to move like a human is capable of moving. Think of how the how a child moves. I had a great discussion recently with uh, Keegan uh, Smith on, and he put it really eloquently talking about, you know, how children move is is how the body should be able to move. And if you if you can't move like that, then you're not achieving your true potential as a human being, you know. And then I argue that fitness it plays a huge role in, in being able to move the way a human should be able to move, you know. Like, 
I did a 5k run this morning and I averaged a 54, four minutes, 55 kilometer. And I believe humans should be able to do that. You know, I think that we have a, a God given right to be fit. I think we have a God given right to have sex and not have to stop because we're out of breath. You know, like humans should be fit as well as strong and flexible. So I argue that a discipline, a, a, a sport, a practice uh, that's only one dimensional and neglecting those other areas, yeah, you're not going to achieve your true potential, you know. So that's where we get down to what's a healthy exercise habit. Well, a healthy exercise habit is something that's really creating this, this, this balanced body that's going to be uh, easily deployed into any sort of sport, you know. And I think that's really, really important. And, and I think people should be questioning is the way I'm exercising. If you've gotten that motivation right and you're exercising regularly, maybe every day, then start to question, am I balanced? Because I know some great powerlifters and bodybuilders who have died of heart attacks or had problems with their cardiovascular system at a young age, you know. And at the end of the day, when we exercise, in the back of our minds, we, we are, whether, you, whether you're doing it for competition or a sport, you still think that you're doing it to make yourself healthy, you know. Mm -hmm. At least we hope so. Yep. <clears throat> so you want to balance that too, you know. And then, of course... At the end of the day, you got to question whether you're getting your recovery right. Are you recovering in a way that is best serving your exercise practice? And if you're not, if you're not nourishing your body, if you're not eating the right amount of calories, if you're not eating the right amount of protein, if you're not eating the right amount of, you know, healthy vitamins and minerals that is going to be furnishing the amount of stress you're putting on your body through your daily exercise practice, then you're going to end up running into problems. And that's why we have this order um, of operation, this health hierarchy laid out the way we have it. You know, each step is critical to the next. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you start to see, well, yeah, it makes sense. You can't really reverse engineer it. If you're not motivated enough, then you're not going to eat right or exercise every day. Yep. And if you're not eating right or exercising every day, you're never going to achieve a desirable physique. And if you don't have a desirable physique, you're never going to be able to deploy that into the, like a, a really vast array of sport, any sport, you know, and, and a, des a desirable physique may be that you need to be chunky as hell to be a good power lifter. I don't know, you know, it, it's going to be to suit what you want to do, but you need to have an efficient, desirable physique. And in order to do that, you need to know how to eat right. Like for Hafthor Bjornsson to be the strongest man in the world, he had to eat like 10,000 calories a day. That takes a lot of practice. You can't just do that overnight. He had to train his body to be able to consume those calories. And any bodybuilder will tell you it's not easy to eat that many calories if you're mm. an Olympia bodybuilder, you know. Mm -hmm. But you have to do that first because you mm -hmm. can't put on masses of muscle mass if you don't have that right, you know. Mm. So you start to see this order of operation, we're not making this up. This is legit. You mm. have to get this right. The health hierarchy has to happen. Yep. in order for you to achieve a high level of success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I hope you guys got something out of that. We're going to be talking about this all week this week. And, uh, you know, we've just framed what it's about today. Tomorrow we're going to go deeper into this stuff. So tune in and we will see you all tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.